the Midday Program on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome to your Wednesday, and wherever you are, I'm going to bet you probably had to throw on your extra sweater or something today, because it is just feeling a lot like uh, like winter just got here again. Yeah. yeah. I turned the furnace back on. Yeah. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep, and there's uh, in parts of uh, Nebraska freeze warning up in the northeast. Uh, KTIC land, you're going to probably find yourself with uh, all sorts of difficult situations with the uh, temperatures. And just about everywhere else, uh, at least in the central part of the state, is going to be looking at some pretty decent possibilities of frost all the way down into northern Kansas. What gives, Jesse Harding? It's supposed to be 80 in D.C. next week, so well, I'll be sweating there with Susan. Well, dress appropriately. <laughs> they will all feel your pain. Yeah, feel horrible. Hope you can pull it off. It doesn't change what I'm wearing. <laughs> Business professional the whole time. So. All right. And uh, what have you in, in the uh, ag news today? Well, coming up at the 1213, we're going to get a little bit of audio from Susan Littlefield about the Leopold Center in Iowa. So that's where they have the Leopold Conservation Services out of that, where they do um, the Conservation Award each year. It is located at Iowa State University, and Iowa currently is looking at cutting funding for that and and so we'll get some audio about that for the 1219 Shaley Peters is going to be joined with Dr. Randall who is the UNL beef veterinarian discussing uh, the detrimental effects of grass tetany and what cattlemen can do to prevent it for the newsmaker Brandon Bennett is talking with Bill Boyer he is our KNB operations manager they're going to be discussing the summer concert series that will kick off Memorial Day with Bill Ingvall coming up to gearing on Memorial Day weekend and then the Oregon Trail Days Music Festival, who will be starring the Little River Band and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and a special guest starship, and that's Saturday, July 15th. And then for the 117, the ongoing conversation about property taxes. Mm. Yes. If you haven't got enough, you can stay tuned, because Joe Gangush will be joining uh, us with the Nebraska Farm Bureau President, Steve Nelson, discussing their survey this week on the Affordable Health Care Act as well as the effects on farmers and ranchers and property taxes. So stay tuned. Everyone will. Okay, thank you very much, Jesse. And uh, Bill Lingvall, here's your sign. Uh, then Jason Jorgensen, go. <laughs> hey, we'll talk some Husker baseball. They won big last night over Omaha. Husker's been playing pretty well of late. One team that hasn't been playing well is the Kansas City Royals. They have been a disaster the last week, and uh, they'll try to avoid the sweep this afternoon with the White Sox. Get the thoughts from one of the key cogs in their lineup who has not been fulfilling his part of the bargain. Also kind of a cool honor for former Husker and Grand Island native Tom Rathman. He is going into the San Francisco 49ers Hall of Fame. How cool is that? As a player and as an assistant coach, he's no longer an assistant coach, but he has been associated with that franchise for 23 years. Only the former owner, Eddie DeBartolo Jr., had a longer run with the team in 24 years. Isn't that yeah, There was quite a pipeline to San Francisco there for a while. There was. He was a very good player, him yeah. and Roger Craig in that backfield. Absolutely. He, okay. he ran over me in an intramural game. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I tried to take a charge on him. That was a really bad idea in intramurals. Uh, and, and how are the Padres doing lately? He's talking about a team that's not doing very well. <laughs> I think they've lost four in a row. Thanks for bringing that up, though, Derek. Okay, I appreciate here. it. It's mm-hmm. uh, Scott Foster in for Bob Brogan today. Thank you very much. Well, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Averages are de- are up a little bit today, so off to a good start, up about 35 points. NASDAQ Composite is 
down fractionally, and Standard & Poor's is up about three, so a good start on those trends. We'll talk about those. Also, an interesting story out of Japan, Coca-Cola's flagship cola is going to market itself as a health drink in Japan with some fiber. They're adding a little fiber. I don't know how that's going to taste. Okay, it's all coming up for you on Midday. Paul Perkins has arrived to tell us just how cold it's going to go. <laughs> yes, uh, potential for some freezing temperatures in the overnight tonight in the northeast part of Nebraska. Albion and points to the northeast do have a freeze advi- freeze warning in effect. Most of us, though, under the gun for a frost advisory in central and east Nebraska and then those nearby areas of northern Kansas. Today, the wind's rather breezy from the north. Skies expected to gradually clear as some high pressure takes control for today. Now that clearing line currently over western areas of Nebraska and Kansas, basically west of the Hyannis, North Platte, McCook, and Goodland line is where the clearing skies are and points off to the southwest. We will see high pressure behind that departing low pressure, that pressure difference with high pressure in the vicinity and low pressure to our east, resulting in the strong gusty north winds for today. That area of high pressure, though, takes firmer control for tonight. That'll clear the skies out and bring us some light winds, and that will lead to those widespread frost conditions from, once again, central and east Nebraska and nearby parts of northern Kansas. And once again, a freeze warning in effect in northeast Nebraska. Rain chances and cloud cover return for tomorrow afternoon as some disturbances from low pressure approach from the southwest. Rain chances likely tomorrow night into Friday across the southern half of Nebraska on into northern Kansas. More chances of rain likely over the weekend. That main low will track onto the plains. Some snow may mix in with that rain as some colder air mixes with the moisture. Western and northern areas may see all snow at certain times, but not expecting big accumulations or travel problems. High pressure briefly dries it up for Monday before more small chances of rain arrive Monday night and Tuesday. In our long term, the chances remain good. Nebraska, Kansas, and the eastern two-thirds of the U.S. will be cooler than normal the first nine days of May. The precipitation forecast for Nebraska and Kansas predicting near normal to drier than normal precipitation those first nine days of May. So hopefully this soaker does pan out over the next few days because after that it's not looking too promising. Soil temperature is at the 4-inch step at 7 this morning, range 39 to 44, long and north of I-80 in Nebraska, south of I-80 and to northern and much of west and central Kansas. Soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s in the southeast third of Kansas. The soil temperatures right now in the low to mid 50s. Weather factors in the market today include cold and wet conditions disrupting the planting in the Midwest and the potential for freezing conditions in headed wheat areas of the southern plains. Cooler air will continue to engulf much in the nation, except for some warmer air across the south and east in the near term. Anyhow, weekend freezes could occur as far south as the central and southern high plains, possibly preceded and accompanied by some wet snow. Episodes of rain and cooler temperatures continue to disrupt the corn and soybean planting in the Midwest, especially in the west and north Corn Belt. Central and east areas of the Corn Belt will see delays as heavier rain develops. For the southern plains, freezing conditions possible the next five days, and that may injure the headed weight and slow down row crop planting. Ten-day and two-week forecasts predict a drier outlook for the planting. Heavy and flooding rain in the Delta the next five to seven days, delaying their field work, and it may threaten the wheat It's in standing water in the northern plains. Rain, snow, and the cold continue to put a stop to their field work. 
with more favorable conditions not expected until Friday of next week. Argentina will be almost completely dry for harvest in the next five days. Recent rain in south and east Ukraine and south Russia will maintain favorable moisture for winter grains. An area of concern for dryness in central Ukraine is continuing to shrink in size. Paul Perkins Ag Weather is brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your Ranky dealer in Holdridge, Lexington, Alda, and Ravana. You can call them at 308 995 And, uh... At least your weather is moving the markets a little bit, Paul. Yes, uh, a bit of a concern with the planting delays right now. and uh, some, They're talking some heavy rains off to our southeast. Uh, some some areas over the next several days could see about 6 to 8 inches total. All right, very good. Well, have you uh, congratulated and thanked your administrative professional? Uh, not yet, but uh, thankfully that. we got treats because of it today, too, yeah. for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think an administrative professional probably arranged yeah, that. Yeah, big salute to them, because yeah. they do do a, a lot of help for us, Absolutely. that's for sure. We appreciate it. When you need weather anytime, krvn.com. Agriculture information on the Roll Radio Network. I'm Jesse Harding. Iowa Governor Terry Brandstand is being asked to vote veto one specific appropriations bill that will affect agriculture. Susan Littlefield has more. Iowa Governor Terry Branstead continues to get pressure when it comes to appropriation bills. He says a surprise move just a few weeks ago as the Iowa State House lawmakers voted to eliminate the Sustainable Agricultural Research Center by zeroing out the Leopold Center's entire funding stream. You know, the governor has both the power to sign or veto on regular bills and uh, item vetoes on appropriation bills. And so uh, we will carefully review all items on appropriation bills as well as the bills. But obviously, with Republican majorities in both houses and the commitment that we receive from the leadership to work with us, uh, I think you're going to see fewer vetoes than has historically been the case. Most of the time have been governor, either Democrats controlled both houses or we had a split legislature. The Iowa governor is set to leave office as he will appear before the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee next week for his nomination hearing as ambassador to China. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Making sure cattle are prepped before heading to grass is important this time of year and Shaley Peters has more. With recent rains across much of the grassland soon to be grazed, grass tetany is something cattlemen may want to think about. And Dr. Richard Randall, UNL beef veterinarian, says prevention is key. This is something that is somewhat expected every year. And normally getting out those uh, minerals uh, in a timely fashion and making sure they have good plenty of access to that usually takes care of the problem. But there can be certain instances if the weather conditions being right so that this grass is really, really, really deficient in that, even with high mag mineral out, keep an eye out uh, for some animals because not every animal will have adequate intake of the of the mineral every day. So it, it is something worth uh, watching for, and especially the first uh, couple of weeks that, that are out as, as they go into it in that really lush time period. Dr. Randall also stressed acting quickly if you suspect it's affected any of your cattle. For more information on this, you can visit RuralRadio.com. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Shaylee Peters. Cargill has reached an agreement to sell its beef cattle feed yards at Leody, Kansas and Yuma, Colorado to Omaha-based Green Plains, which is an ethanol producer with existing feed yards in Kansas and Texas. The transaction will be finalized once a definitive agreement and regulatory review are complete. 
Green Plains will supply cattle to Cargill through a new multi-year agreement. The approximately 90 people currently employed at Cargill's Colorado and Kansas feed yards will be offered positions with Green Plains. The feed yards being sold have a capacity of approximately 155,000 cattle at any point in time. John Keating, president of Cargill's Wichita-based proteins business, operations and supply chain, says, and I quote, Selling our two remaining feed yards aligns with our protein growth focus by allowing us to redeploy working capital away from cattle feeding operations to other investments. By partnering with Green Plains in a multi-year supply agreement, the Yuma and Leote yards will continue to supply cattle to our beef processing facilities at Fort Morgan, Colorado and Dodge City, Kansas, ensuring consistent high-quality beef products to our customers, end of quote. And authorities have arrested a man suspected of starting a wildfire that scorched more than 30,000 acres, destroyed three homes and killed hundreds of head of cattle in northeastern Colorado. That's been a look at agriculture information. For more, you can find it any time by visiting rollradio.com. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding. Spring rains across much of the grassland where cattlemen will soon be kicking their pears out means lush grass for them to graze on. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network, and today we visit here with Dr. Richard Randall. He is a UNL beef veterinarian, and Dr. Randall, I want to talk to you today about grass tetany. This is something that can affect these cattle that are going out to this very lush green grass. It's a good thing to see that out there, but can cause some problems, and uh grass tetany is something that you're better off preventing ahead of time rather than treating so let's talk about what exactly it is here uh sure so grass tetany uh, it's also sometimes called grass staggers or wheat pasture poisoning it's actually a metabolic disorder of cattle that results from uh, insufficient levels of magnesium uh, what tends to happen is it's uh, this is the time of year that we most frequently see that uh, in cattle. Grasses and cereal grains uh, have a real tendency during uh, early lush spring growth to be uh, very low in magnesium. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, cows eating that uh, can become deficient and that leads to uh, some pretty severe nervous signs. They'll, they'll start by uh, staggering thus the name pasture or uh, grass staggers, and it can lead pretty rapidly to them going down, starting to convulse uh, and die. And several things are, are kind of noted associated with that, that lush growing spring grass, again, fairly low in magnesium, and often it tends to be high in potassium, which is antagonistic to magnesium absorption. Uh, also, uh, nitrogen fertilization can, uh, where there's high nitrogen in the grass, uh, can also uh, inhibit absorption of magnesium. So you have several things going on there that can can lead to uh, uh, the condition just kind of showing up. Often the, uh, the initial signs that you see are just some dead animals in the pasture. All right. Now, if it's already set in and producers are noticing problems with it, what can they do to treat it? Well, from the standpoint of treating an animal that's showing the signs of the effect, they need uh, pretty immediate IVs replacement therapy with therapy with magnesium so uh, getting hold of the veterinarian to come out uh, and give that animal uh, magnesium uh, intravenously is uh, is the primary form of of treatment but you have to catch it pretty early one of the problems with grass that is that um, the uh, 
the signs that are associated with it happen in the central nervous system. And when you give the uh, magnesium uh, in the blood, there's a lag time between when it enters the bloodstream and when it passes across uh, into the central nervous system. So catching them pretty early is, is critically important. Um, it's probably uh, uh, much more beneficial to try and help prevent that and recognizing this is the time to get it happens. Uh, often the easiest thing is to supplement extra magnesium uh, in mineral supplementation. There's a number of what's known as, quote, high-mag minerals that are available on the market that, that uh, producers can put out and make sure that the animals have access to that uh, during this, this period of lush growth. Thank you, Dr. Richard Randall, UNL beef veterinarian, talking to us today about the effects of grass tetany, something that producers should be on the lookout for as they look to kick pears out onto grass here this season. I'm Shaylee Peters, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It's midday on the Rural Radio Network, and time to check sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Derek. Well, the Husker baseball team hit a season-high three home runs in their easy 13-2 win over Omaha last night. Senior Jake Schleppenbach had a big night notching a grand slam for the Huskers who improved to 24-15 and 15 on the season. That victory also was the 200th in the career of head coach Darren Erstad. This weekend, the Huskers are on the road at Ohio State. McCook linebacker Zach Schlager has committed to Colorado State to play football. The 6'2", 210-pounder is rated as one of the top linebacker recruits in the state. Now, Schlager made 119 tackles a year ago and also rushed for more than 1,100 yards as McCook's starting quarterback. Bison head coach Jeff Gross thinks this is a great opportunity for him. And when they offered, you know, and we've had other offers since then, it's just the fact of it's it's too good to be true. Um, you can continue that tradition. Um, they're getting a great football player. The, the thing that appeals to me for Zach going to Colorado State, if you take Jake and everything out of the equation, he can go there and play early. Gross made his comments to KICX Radio McCook. His older brother Jake played in all 13 games last year for Colorado and started 12 of them. At safety, Zach is projected to play outside linebacker at the next level. Grand Island native and former Husker great Tom Rathman will be inducted into the San Francisco 49ers Hall of Fame this year. He spent 23 years with the team as a player and an assistant. Of course, he won two Super Bowl rings as a player. His 23 years with that franchise puts him only behind 49ers Hall of Famer and former owner Eddie DeBartolo Jr., who had a 24-year connection with San Francisco. Well, the Royals are 0-6 on their current seven-game road trip. It's their longest skid since losing eight in a row last June. Last in the AL Central at 7-13, the Royals are off to their worst 20-game start since going 6-14 to begin 2012 when they finished 72-90. Designated hitter Brandon Moss says the struggles for the team are starting to add up. You know, obvi- uh, you know not, not, not too many of us are doing what we're capable of doing. And you look up there and you see a 1 uh, is the first number in your average. And you don't have a lot of RBIs. You're not doing anything. And and then combine that with the fact that the team's not scoring a lot of runs. Um, you go up there wanting to you know, correct all that right now. 
Kansas City will try to break that streak this afternoon as they wrap up their series with Chicago. And the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs begin tonight when St. Louis hosts Nashville and Edmonton visits Anaheim. In the first round, the Ducks swept Calgary and the Predators swept Chicago while the Blues ousted Minnesota in five games and the Oilers closed out San Jose in six. That's a look at sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Stay tuned. More Midday is just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network. Mostly sunny today with a high near 54. Breezy with north winds at 15 to 20 for tonight. Some frost after midnight, otherwise partly cloudy, a low of around 31. And then for Thursday, a 50% chance of showers mainly after 1 o'clock. From the newsroom, I'm Scott Foster. A bill was signed into law Tuesday that transfers the oversight of veterans' homes in Nebraska from the Department of Health and Human Services to the Department of Veterans Affairs. Senator John Moranti, chair of the legislature's Government Veterans and Military Affairs Committee, hailed the measure known as LB340. We are ensuring a high quality, a first-rate quality of care for our veterans while providing a savings for the taxpayer. It's a win for our taxpayers. It's a win for the state uh, of Nebraska. It's a win for our veterans. He described Department of Veteran Affairs Director John Hilgert, who will oversee the Division of Veterans Affairs as one of the most respected individuals in state government. So to be able to empower him uh, to have a laser-like focus on the care that our veterans get at uh, the Division of Veterans Homes, I think is going to be a great thing for the people of Nebraska. LB 340 was one of the governor's top legislative priorities for the 2017 legislative session and was passed with unanimous support from the legislature. One of the bills signed by Governor Pete Ricketts Tuesday would open up more job opportunities for military families. At a news conference, Governor Pete Ricketts explained more about LB 639. So Nebraska already has a preference that if you're a veteran about getting a job in state government. What LB 639 will do will allow the spouses of those veterans to also get that preference when getting a job in state government. So again, another important thing to make us a more military and veteran-friendly state here in Nebraska. LB 639 was introduced by Senator Bruce Bostelman of Brainerd. The Nebraska State Patrol conducted alcohol compliance checks in retail outlets in Lincoln County the past Saturday, April 22nd. 20 businesses were checked with one of them suspected of being non-compliant after selling to a minor. The business was identified as the Holiday Plaza Conoco. The retail outlets checked included convenience stores, liquor stores, restaurants, and bars. Law enforcement performs compliance checks to ensure businesses are complying with the state's alcohol laws and to decrease youth access to alcohol. The compliance checks were conducted thanks in part to a grant from Region 11 Human Services. Authorities say a 35-year-old woman found unresponsive in Minden has died at a hospital. Menden police say Ruth Erke died Monday night at Good Samaritan Hospital in Kearney. She had been taken after officers found her and another woman badly beaten Sunday at a Minden residence. The Kearney Hub reports that 39-year-old Chad Carlson has been arrested and charged in connection with the case. News happens anytime, anywhere. Send word to us with a tip under the news tab at krvn.com. From the News Center, I'm Scott Foster. 
Brandon Bennett's with the Rural Radio Network talking with Bill Boyer from our sister station, KNEB. He's the operations manager there. And, Bill, it sounds like there's a great number of concerts coming up this summer for the KNEB Concert Series, kicking off with Bill Ingvall going to be in the area, and tickets are going fast. Yeah, tickets are going really fast, Brandon. Uh, we put uh, tickets on sale uh, a little less than a month ago, and uh, we've sold a tremendous amount of tickets already to the show. Very excited to bring in uh, Bill Ingvall and special guest Gary Brightwell to Five Rocks Amphitheater. A little bit about uh, Five Rocks Amphitheater. Uh, for those of you who are maybe not familiar with the area, but uh, it sits basically at the foot of uh, Scotts Bluff National Monument, and the view is absolutely breathtaking uh, from this uh, outdoor amphitheater. Absolutely gorgeous facility, and uh, we're very excited to be bringing in a show like this. this the city of Gehring approached us earlier this spring and said uh, we really want to try to continue uh, some great entertainment out there and and we want to work with you on this so we put our heads together and tried to come up with a couple of shows and the first one that we came up with uh, was Memorial Day weekend so it's uh, Saturday May 27th we wanted to do a show that would appeal to folks of all ages and uh, lo and behold Bill Ingvall was available that day and uh, actually was uh, looking forward to doing a show that day so we were able to get him uh, committed to coming in here, and uh, the sales of tickets, uh, as you mentioned, has been incredible. We've sold tickets to uh, individuals from multiple states, obviously all over Nebraska, but Wyoming, Colorado, Illinois, Texas. We've sold tickets to some folks from Oregon, so very excited. Uh, we've had tickets sold to zip codes all across the state, uh, from the Omaha metro area all the way out here to the Panhandle. And we're just really looking forward to a great evening of comedy and give people something to laugh at. Many people will remember Bill Ingvall as one of the four guys on the original Blue Collar Comedy Tour, but his experience even goes back two decades now because he's the Here's Your Sign guy. Yeah, he's been around for a while and kind of got on the Here's Your Sign kick uh, back when... uh, that was very popular, and then uh, on to uh, do stuff with Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy, and uh, like you mentioned, as part of that Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Uh, and then uh, in his uh, own shows now, you see him uh, on the TV and doing a lot of things, and uh, he's uh, had some guest appearances and Last Man Standing recently. He was in Dancing with the Stars, so he's done quite well for himself and uh, just an all-around hilarious guy. Brandon Bennett's with the Rural Radio Network, talking to somebody else with the Rural Radio Network, KNEB Operations Director Bill Boyer, talking about concerts coming to the KNEB area this summer. Saturday, July 15th, another big-time entertainment act, this time on the musical side, Little River Band and Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, headlining the Oregon Trail Days Music Festival. Yep, Oregon Trail Days is the uh, longest continuous running celebration in the state of Nebraska. It happens in Gearing. And uh, we're really excited to team up with Oregon Trail Days to bring in this music festival. And uh, what a great one it's going to be. You mentioned Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and Little River Band. Those are our two co-headlining acts of this show. Dozens of top ten hits between them. Little River Band, of course, uh, extremely popular. And a lot of songs of theirs that uh, you'll remember them singing like Lady and uh, a lot of songs that uh, they have out there and and songs that... uh, that really bring people back to that era of the the 70s and early 80s. 
So uh, very excited to get them in here. Uh, they're actually the night before going to be out in Indiana. So uh, we're excited to get them to come out to Gearing for that show. Uh, co-headlighting with them is uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Of course, you can't think of Nitty Gritty Dirt Band without thinking of Fishing in the Dark. Their smash number one hit. They had other number one hits, too, uh, in that string of the 1980s there. Songs like Long Hard Road and Modern Day Romance also went to number one for them. And then uh, just to kind of round out the the festival, we wanted to have another uh, act in here. And uh, we have a special guest opening, Starship, featuring Mickey Thomas. And uh, some number one hits back in their day as well. A lot of folks will remember Sarah, but uh, nothing's going to stop us now. And uh, we built this city. Uh, a couple of other big number one hits in the mid to late 80s for, for Starship. Bill, as we wrap up here, remind folks how to get tickets for both the Comedy Night coming up Memorial Day weekend and also for the Music Festival coming up in July. We've made it very easy to get tickets. Uh, You can uh, go to our website, kneb.com. There's a link to either show there. Uh, And then uh, you can purchase your tickets. We have a very limited number of VIP uh, tickets remaining for Bill Ingvall. Otherwise, uh, there's plenty of general admission left to that show. And then general admission and VIP seats are available for the music festival as well. You go onto our website, kneb.com. You can click order as many tickets as you want. And then you can just print them out right there from uh, your computer, or you can save them to your cell phone, bring your cell phone that night. Each one of the tickets has a barcode on it, and that'll get you into the event so you don't have to worry about waiting for something to be shipped to you or something getting lost in the mail. It comes right there to you and makes it very easy to do that. Bill, if people do get those VIP tickets, what extra does that get them? It gets them in the front row. There's uh, a section of seats that are bench seats right in front of the amphitheater, so they're going to be right up front and center. You're not going to get better seats than the area that's in the VIP area. Outside of that, the general admission area is gorgeous. It's all grass, beautiful lawn area, so bring a lawn chair, bring a blanket, and uh, sit out and enjoy a, a great evening either night. That was Bill Boyer, the Director of Operations for our sister station, KNEB, about amazing concerts coming up Memorial Day with Bill Ingvall and in July with Little River Band and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, including Starship. With the Rural Radio Network, this is Brandon Bennett. All right, let's talk about this wild ride that went on in cattle futures with Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. What did you make of the day? Oh, it was uh, it was quite the day. Uh, we certainly had uh, some buying show up, particularly late. It took uh, uh, the lead in the feeder cattle, took them to limit uh, up. Uh, but the only one that settled limit up was the August contract, but extreme buying. And I think a lot of that came from uh, the, the grains taking a nosedive uh, after being higher throughout the day. Over in the cattle, uh, you know, we're, we're moving after the cash, and the cash continues to be that carrot, and uh, we've closed that gap pretty well now. Uh, haven't heard of it. a whole lot of cattle trade today, but uh, uh Certainly, uh, it may show up this afternoon, but uh, a very strong day with uh, over $2 higher in all the uh, cattle contracts and limit up in one of the cattle, uh, the feeder cattle, and over four in the remainder, with the exception of the uh, April, which expires tomorrow. So, a pretty, uh, pretty strong day. 
just the opposite in the hogs. The hogs are uh, a little bit lower. You saw some triple-digit losses, particularly in the uh, June and uh, July contracts. Cash seemed to waffle just a bit and uh, coming in uh, a little bit softer. Then it started with profit-taking and some more concern when the uh, cutouts came out negative and that uh, for the noon uh, uh, wire. And that uh, put uh, a little bit more pressure on it and kept the hogs on the defensive through the remainder of the day. Thanks, Joe. Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. You can reach him at 800-328-0134. Dewey Nelson reporting. A Farm Bureau survey released this week shows Nebraska farm and ranch families suffer the most under the Affordable Care Act. I'm Joe Gangwish here on the Rural Radio Network. Nearly 850 people were surveyed by the Farm Bureau, and it showed a large number of farmers and ranchers purchased their health insurance through the open market. And what was more telling is that 34% of those who responded said they paid over $1,500 a month or $18,000 a year on their health insurance premiums. We're going to visit with Steve Nelson, president of the Nebraska Farm Bureau, about this. And Steve, it just goes to show uh, reform for health care, especially for farmers and ranchers, really needs to be addressed. Well, that's true. And and hopefully with Congress going back into session and uh, working on a number of things, but certainly one of the things that that is being talked about is is bringing the health care discussion back. We, we really hope that, that that happens. This survey really does verify the fact that people who buy insurance in the individual marketplace and, and lots and lots of farmers and ranchers fit in that group pay very high premiums and have had, had to deal with higher and higher deductibles as well. It puts a major strain on, on the, the, the farm business. And so we're really working, too, to make sure that we make some changes in the, in the Affordable Health Care Act or whatever it would be called if changes are made that benefit those people who, who buy insurance in the individual marketplace. Well, Steve, this really hits home because also in the survey, uh, farmers and ranchers overwhelmingly expressing dissatisfaction with the cost. They say 98% who purchased uh, individual market insurance expressed dissatisfaction with the cost. And you can see over uh, 1500 a month you've got to be dissatisfied with that well that's right and i you know it's it's one of those things where pre- people probably tend to, to always think that insurance is expensive or health insurance is expensive but i think what this tells us more than anything is when you're when you're paying the full cost of, of the insurance which people who buy insurance in the individual marketplace do uh it's it's just very very expensive and and i think as compared to to someone who gets insurance through their workplace, the cost may be still be very high, but but you don't see the dollars because it's deducted from your paycheck, and maybe some people don't recognize how expensive insurance or health care really is. But certainly, if you're in the individual marketplace and, you, and you're writing that full check every month, it, it's very very expensive, and I think that's what the survey results show. And you said in the news release to us that farmers and ranchers are saying that the health care premiums becoming the number one or number two family living expense. And, and that's something, you know, not just farm and ranch families are experiencing, but it seems like farmers and ranchers, they're the forgotten ones that are paying a large chunk of this insurance bill. Well, I think anyone that is self-employed or anyone that, that does buy insurance through the individual marketplace facing the same issues that farmers and ranchers do. And, of course, we all know that health care costs continue to rise. 
and and thus the cost of insurance continues to rise and it's harder and harder for families to cover those costs themselves so it's it's just imperative for most people to have insurance and and it's very expensive and certainly in times in like that we're having today in agriculture where there's not large margins anyway it does seem to stand out i think for most people just how expensive it really is Nebraska Farm Bureau President Steve Nelson on their recent survey looking at how health insurance and the Affordable Care Act affects farmers and ranchers. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Joe Gangwish. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. And with us is John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Well, we had a direct turnaround from early session to late session, at least in corn and soybeans. Now, the story might be still on the weather, but maybe there were other factors too, John. Yeah, boy, boy that, I think it was, really came from that noon model run that dropped, and we saw it really right around that time frame. Corn took out a lot of weather premium. We held in, uh, closed green on the day. It's a good sign, I think, for, for everybody. But in, in reality, we, we want to get through this delivery period. If you look at the way we've traded here, I compare it to September and December deliveries, and that was when we made lows, essentially kind of near-term lows for a while that held all the way through the next two-month period on the last day of the month. So I think you're just cleaning up some product that's going to be moving now uh, into the end of the month, and you know we'll kind of look for the next weather weather cycle to jump into. It, it also sounds like they maybe took a little bit of, of uh, wet weather out of the forecast, especially up north. Uh, that had kind of got the trade excited, but folks, we're in, a, we're in for a chop fest this summer. I think I think you're going to see a lot of these up moves, and then have them equally taken away as soon as the reasons why we're up are, are eliminated. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see this thing trade in a straight line like the cattle markets have. And they'll probably see any time there's a small rally that uh, will take profits. Well, yeah, I think at, at this point, anything up towards that 50-day moving average probably sees the fund sell in the short run here. But, you know, predicting the, the, the next cataclysmic event that's going to be driving prices one way or the other is impossible. I think at this moment, you look at where we are, still up from yesterday's low, up from, from the, the low made previous uh, day before. So, uh, it's like I said, you're going to have a lot of this back-and-forth type action. Um, I'd like to think that the, the, the corn markets kind of need to lead it here. Wheat staying positive is a good sign, but... Uh, really, not a whole lot to, to grasp onto here, other than the weather, which is always going to be kind of a, a kind of parabolic, so to speak. Maybe what hurt soybeans too was that four dollar drop in that July soybean meal contract. Yeah, beans. I think we're you know essentially just staring down the barrel of a huge production year, and that's going to get any of the, the sell side excited when we get news that uh, we'll have a little more production or advice. I think. We did see some slowing of, of Chinese crush margins in the overnight, which might have had to do with it. But all in all, I really think it's just the end of the month. I, I, I'd like to make more of it than that. But, uh, you know, like I said, the, the delivery is being upon us. This is rubber meets the road time. And I don't think the end users really have to bid up at all to try to get the product out of folks' hands. They saw it move, you know, 10 cents off the lows from yesterday. And I think they saw quite a bit of product hit, hit the tape there into the delivery. And moving forward, I think we'll see similar moves like that again back up to 375 at some point. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. That's the place to go, DanielsAgMarketing.com. I'm Dewey Nelson.